Welcome to Wind Up Weekly. I'm Matthew Gone. And I'm Katie Canfield. And we're here to share the week's news and wine. This week on Wind Up Weekly. News from the UK after lockdown is eased. Sparkling wine sales surge. Pubs recover, but fear running out of beer. Wine consumption continues to decrease globally. French nuns selling 9,000 bottles of their rosé by Monday midnight. And as ever, our wine of the week. Well, let's start with our week in wine, Katie. And today you got your second shot of the vaccine, a week after I got mine. You're feeling fine right now, or so you claim. Uh, last week, for me, it was actually the day after where I felt a bit sick and a headache, especially in the evening. But then by the time I went to bed, I was fine, and here I am. Yes, well, we'll see how I fare, but I'm just glad to have the second dose and grateful because it's not the case um, around the world, as we've seen. Cases are rising in other countries, and and they're just not able to to get the vaccine rolled out as quickly as it should be. So that's all I have. Gratitude. All right, and my sister um, lives in Turkey, as um, we may mention on the pod before, and they're about to enter yet another lockdown. And sales of alcohol have been banned for three weeks beginning on Thursday which is not a situation I would like to be in. So apparently there's been a lot of uh, panic buying in Turkish supermarkets to get people through three weeks of not really being able to leave their homes and go about their normal business. But the cases there are pretty high. So yes, again, very grateful that we're here in California where things are reopening. Yes, indeed. It's almost um, back to normal, I would say. But I guess we just have forgotten what the the real normal feels like. Um, But you had a blind tasting this past week, didn't you? Uh, 12 wine blind in preparation for the Master of Wine exam. How did that go? Uh, So-so. So last week, um, we did one together with Sam and Laurie. And then I went over to Laurie's on Saturday to do a 12 wine blind tasting that the MWs had organised. There were little sample bottles. So Laurie was kind enough to share her samples with me so I could do the tasting too. And I did okay, but the last flight, the last three wines, everything kind of fell apart uh, because there was a Ruby Port, a Recciato, and a Bagnols, and I just got them all mixed up. And I knew one of them was Recciato, but I taste Recciato like once every 10 years. So it's really hard to be able to identify that being a sweet red wine. But I really should have got the fact it was lower in alcohol than the the port, for instance. But the other three flights I did okay. So it was really good to get back into practice and tasting those wines. It really is not easy tasting a wine when you have no clue what it is. Well, currently the Master of Wine exam is scheduled for end of August. Is that right? That is correct, Katie. So postponed from June, uh, so hopefully doesn't get postponed again. Um, I know a few of our friends are are anxiously awaiting finally being able to sit that exam. So we'll see what happens. Everybody seems to be quite positive about things opening up, so trying to maintain that optimism. Now, on with the news. As the UK reopened, beginning April the 12th, the country saw a slight rise in sales of alcohol compared to April 2020. Supermarkets were particular beneficiaries as older people began to venture out more. It was sparkling wine, which by far saw the biggest increase in sales, up 44% on last year. Drinks Bodies spoke with cautious optimism about the reopening of pubs, describing them as robust, 
Sales were up 1% on last April and down around 20% on April 2019. Only two in five establishments have reopened, and it is those pubs which have beer gardens which have benefited the most. For this reason, pubs have fared far better than restaurants. In fact, Heineken voiced concerns that they would run out of beer. Such has been the demand. They are limiting some pubs to three kegs of beer a week and said that they were working around the clock to keep up with demand. Running out of beer is, of course, a grave concern to drinkers, especially in the UK, but also to landlords who would lose out financially. Nevertheless, Overall, there are grounds for hope as the country gradually reopens. And it's not just in the UK, is it, Matthew? We're seeing drinks businesses and economies in general open up around the world. That's right. The news is very uneven around the world where we hear about disastrous situations in India, Turkey not doing too well, France not doing that well either. And yet here we are in California where everything seems almost normal, not quite, but um, certainly much more normal than it has been for a very long time. And in fact, I have spoken to uh, people in Napa who say that sales are back to where they were pre-COVID, at least at the weekend. And so there's a lot of people coming in, not just from the Bay Area now, but from elsewhere in the US. And of course, we did have the good news that people with the vaccine in the US will be allowed to visit the EU sometime during the summer, because of course, European countries are desperate for the tourism to um, revive. And then I read that Australia's hospitality industry is also recovering well. So good news in some places. And the UK is actually good news that all the controversy in the UK now is about sleaze and corruption in government. And I was like, that's back to normal. The annual statistical report by the OIV, the abbreviation for the International Organization of Vine and Wine, shows that in 2020, wine consumption globally was down for the third year in succession. Wine consumption is now at its lowest since 2002, falling by 7% in 2020. Clearly, the decrease is COVID-related, but follows an overall trend. The numbers were perhaps exaggerated by the fall in consumption in China, which was down by 17%. Most other countries also saw a fall, although surprisingly, Italy, as well as Argentina, saw a rise. And Brazil was a big outlier, with a rise of over 18%, which was attributed to much improved e-commerce channels. Another reason for the decline in consumption is lower levels of exports, which is how the OIV measures consumption, and which were badly hit by tariffs on EU wine by the US, as the pod has been reporting. Sparkling wine also suffered, but as reported above, they may well be back on the rise. Champagne sales up by 88.5% in the US compared to last year in April, and Moritz Chandon reporting a 22% increase in the first three months of 2020. So is that figure, the 88.5% in the US um, that champagne sales are up, is that just in the month of April? Yes, it's compared to last April, and of course last April everything was in lockdown, and all the kind of uh, stocking up had been done in March. Mm-hmm. And of course people were at least weren't really stocking up on champagne, because these were not celebratory times. No, but we did see later in the year, later in 2020, that um, those sales kind of recovered. And it's very encouraging, I think, as I think we've discussed on the pod before, that those sales always rise in the 
OND months, as we call them in the trade, mm-hmm. but usually they fall in January, February, March for obvious reasons, post-Christmas, post-holiday, and people aren't buying champagne, but that has increased for Moët et Chandon by 22% in those usually difficult months. And also, um, other drinks companies like Pinot Ricard have reported profits in the first three months of the year. So this is an overall trend of people um, getting out more and drinking more. Yes, and I think we haven't seen the huge spike in holiday cheer as we did in previous years because um, most most places were in lockdown during the holidays uh, this past year. So onwards and upwards. Going back to the report, uh, it also recorded that 53% of wine is made by France, Italy, and Spain, with 63% of all wine made in the EU. The U.S. remains the biggest consumer of wine, drinking 33 million hectoliters of wine in 2020, followed by France, Italy, Germany, the U.K., and then China. I think China is the interesting part of this report, with that level of consumption falling by so much. This is a market which many countries have invested in because they see it as the future with a rising middle class and such a large population and wine still being a new thing. So this decline, it may just be COVID related because of course China was the first country to be hit with lots of restrictions on on bars and going out. But it could be part of a long-term trend where they actually move away from wine. So it's going to be interesting to follow these figures over the next two to three years to see how China and its relationship with wine develops. It will be for sure. I know at least here in the US, you know, we've it's been ongoing trends with competition from beer, spirits, hard seltzers, um, and it's always been difficult to balance supply and demand in the wine industry. And increasingly, it seems to be better and more worthwhile for producers to aim for quality rather than quantity. Um, I can't really speak for the Chinese market. I don't know it that well, but at least here in the US, that's those are the principal observations. And if we go back to the 1980s, when there was a huge um, surplus of wine that just wasn't being consumed and would just go to waste, we're in a much more better position now where European wine is much more in line with demand. And that's because of EU regulations just limiting the expansion of vineyard plantings to ensure that too much is not being made. And so even in this situation where wine consumption is in decline, I think it's been monitored so closely that producers are in line to adapt their um, production accordingly. After the wine fairs, where they usually sell their wines, were cancelled, nuns at the Abbé de Jouc convent in Paris went online to try and sell their 9,000 bottles of rosé. In a promotional push, they pledged to sell it all by midnight on Monday. The existence of the convent depends on selling their wine. They also made two reds, but the urgency in selling the rosé was due to its limited lifespan, according to one of the sisters. So did they succeed? Well, the website says they sold out. Let's hope so. I thought this was a fun little story. Just that old-time religious association with wine. And these nuns have apparently only recently expanded to rosé, following all the global trends, and all of a sudden they're in a position where they couldn't sell it in the way that they usually did. And so it doesn't seem that um, innovative to go online to sell it, but they did team up with um, PR firm and an online platform in order to get this wine out. And I quite like the idea of saying we must sell it by midnight on Monday. And this echoes other sort of, you know, charitable auctions that have been going on in and outside of the wine industry. Um, Really, you know, it is that kind of 
high touch, hands on people bidding that really drives those prices up for products, whether you're raising funds for a school or a church or what have you. But, you know, going taking all of that online was a real challenge for a lot of organizations. And I think some did it very well. Some did it not so well. And looks like these nuns were successful. They made it onto Wind Up Weekly so they did something right. And now for our wine of the week, Katie, which is... Domaine Chevaux Le Clos Macon Chantre 2018. So this wine, Katie, is not an $800 Grand Cru. Not this week. That's what we had last week. Yes, but instead a rather more affordable white burgundy and an old favorite of ours, uh, which we haven't had in a very long time. I don't know if you were as partial to this wine as I was, but this was one we sold uh, back in the day when we were working at Hanging Ditch in Manchester, and we used to sell the wines of Domaine Chaveau. They were affordable, consistent, quietly classy wines, which we could constantly go back to. And let's just talk about the label because their vibrant, fun colors really stand out on the shelf. But very simple at the same time. They're not overcomplicated, but each um, of their wines is a different color, but somehow maintains a consistency to them. Yes, so as I said, very easy to spot on the shelf. And unfortunately, since living here in the U.S., we haven't seen the wines too much, um, although they are imported by Neil Rosenthal in New York. And so I was quite excited to find a bottle at uh, Bay Grape, uh, an Oakland wine shop which has just opened a new store in Napa. Yes, and you snatched it up and uh, brought it home and we drank it that evening and enjoyed it greatly. So the producer is Domaine Chavot, which was started by André Chavot in the 1950s, continued by his son Michel, and now the grandsons Nicolas and Julien. They live and make wine in Salutre Fuisse, beneath the big limestone rock that marks the end of Burgundy. They make several wines from around the Maconnais, as well as Beaujolais, too. This particular wine comes from Chantre, the southernmost village in Burgundy, and although we would expect a rich style of Chardonnay from the slightly warmer climate, the wine is so fresh and delicate with green and citrus fruit aromas. It comes from 10-year-old vines and is aged for 10 months in stainless steel on the lees after a slow fermentation. Just a wonderful balance, Katie, between Burgundy's characteristic round mouthfeel and racy acidity. So much acidity. My mouth was watering in such a wonderful way. And it's really, you know, one of those food-friendly wines that um, you just want more of. I I think we got through the bottle fairly quickly. And we had takeout that night uh, from one of our favorite local restaurants here in Petaluma. Uh, It was cod for me, which went very well with the wine. So I was a very happy camper. And one final note on the wine. It costs just $25, which I think is a very nice price for very good quality Burgundy. Cheers to that. So thank you, as always, for listening. Um, we'll be back in your feed next week on Wednesday with another Wind Up. Uh, meanwhile, please rate and review us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love your comments and hope you keep on listening. So enjoy the rest of your week. Drink fine wine and come back to us and learn what fine wine we've been drinking. Cheerio. Cheerio.